0: Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. It doesn't take very long in this space to find certain things that absolutely frustrate you. And I have to ask you, what is something that just really frustrates you about this space? Today... We'll discuss how that frustration could be your billion-dollar idea in Web3. Now, there's a saying that necessity is the mother of invention. However, I actually disagree with that. I say it is frustration because when someone is frustrating and willing to pay for the solution for that thing, that is what businesses are built out of. And you think of it, an entrepreneur really is someone who takes someone's problems as their own. In other words, they take ownership of that problem. It might not be theirs, but they take it personal, and they provide that solution, and people are willing to pay for it. And it doesn't even have to be something absolutely ridiculous, groundbreaking, like launching rockets to the moon or anything like that. Have you ever seen the show called Shark Tank? I forget what channel it's on. It's either NBC or one of those national networks, but Shark Tank has a bunch of entrepreneurs come up, they pitch their idea, and Mark Cuban, Damon John, Barbara Cochran, and some others have the opportunity to invest into that. So it's called Shark Tank because they go in there, they swim with the sharks, they pitch their idea. Well, if you've ever seen that show, you know exactly what I'm speaking about, but if you don't, that's what the premise is that all about. I think that show has been going on for over 10 seasons now, and there's been hundreds of people that came through that. But the two most successful products to be launched from Shark Tank were socks and a sponge. Now, socks, okay, great, whatever, socks are socks, the design, comfort, so forth and whatnot. But the sponge, it was a simple solution that actually made it the number two selling product of all time on Shark Tank and some groundbreaking ideas came around. However, have you ever been to a store and saw this little sponge called the Scrub Daddy? It is a happy face, you know, two eyes and a smile, and that smile is supposed to be a little slot for the spoon to go through. All it does is it cleans spoons because whoever invented this thing was frustrated by the fact that spoons had that little groove and it was annoying for them to use a regular sponge to clean it, so they made a happy face so a spoon could easily fit into it and when their kids had things that were stuck on it, it scrubbed it off easily, the scrub daddy. That's it, a simple idea, the number two selling product all time on the Shark Tank. Well, if you want to go into the tech space, web one and web two, let's look at Microsoft. That really, they just needed a visual application, a way to see things that are on your desktop. Before that, you'd have to type lines of code onto a black screen to launch each program. So. People that were really born after the launch of Microsoft don't even understand that before the mouse and the icons and all that stuff, you basically have to be a computer coder just to launch any simple application. And normally when you call tech support, that is the screen that you type into when they're trying to help you to figure out what's wrong with your system. Well, that's what you had to use. How about in Web1, all those websites were coming up, but nobody could find anything. Google, simple solution, help you to find web pages. All this stuff is going on on the internet, but there's no real way to connect with your old high school buddies, your college mates, or your family. Well, Facebook, simple idea, connecting people. Those are multi-billion and trillion dollar companies at this point. So in Web3, there's really two ways of going about this. Number one is solving real world problems that you can use Web3 technology to solve. Or the other way is solving Web3 problems using everything else that you know in order to solve those frustrations that you're currently having with Web3. Now, as far as solving real world problems, those are things that we speak about all the time on the show. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But we're talking about the music industry, which has been broken my entire life. They started with the artists being ripped off. The labels had all the power. They controlled which artists were played. They would shelve people. You had to kiss the ring to get in, be noticed, get the marketing budget, all of that stuff. Well, Web3 Solutions, launching artists, coming in, helping them to uh, get onto the blockchain, any kind of solution of that, any kind of application that you can build that can be scalable. Okay, a little bit complicated, but that is one way. Or we think of the starving artists that are not making a living with their art. That's how these marketplaces came up, OpenSea, Look for Air, Rarible, all of those things. Carving out a niche, making it specific, solving those problems, launching that. Okay, still a little bit more complicated, but those are real-world solutions that you can launch a Web3 company to fix. But where we are right now is the frustrations that we're having within Web3. And this could be a simple thing such as crypto is very hard to get, right? Depending where you are in the world, certain tokens are harder to get than others. For example, the WaxP token, it's pretty hard to get in the U.S. You have to go through all sorts of exchanges and swapping or using third-party applications. You can't just go to Coinbase or Binance US or anything like that very easily get your Waxp send it to your Wax wallet. No, you have to go through other things, right? So offering ways to onboard people, an easy swapping mechanism to get from those common tokens such as Ethereum, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, even Shiba Inu, and getting into those NFT tokens such as Waxp that are not easy to get in the US. That is an option, a way to explore, to figure out how to solve that solution. Eventually, you end up on Ethereum and Metamask is love-hate. I personally don't really care for it, especially on the desktop. And I think there are just so many things that makes it so easy for people to click the wrong links, sign the wrong transactions, those complicated things that you have to scroll down that no one ever really reads. A better wallet is definitely needed. So if you have any coding skills, you know some coders or a UI designer, which is the user interface, just the way of things looking, maybe it's even a skin over MetaMask. I don't know how you do that, but just changing the look of it so that way it is more user-friendly. It is a lot more visually pleasing, color changes, big blatant warnings, things like that, which would easily help people from clicking those scammer links where you're giving them, granting them full permission to just take everything out of your wallet. A lot of that has to do with the wallet design. How about multi-chain solutions? What if you have an Ethereum-based NFT, but then there are all sorts of airdrops and tokens and utilities that you don't even want to claim because you're going to have to pay ridiculous gas fees in order to get it. You're watching the floor price and you're like, well, you know what? I'm going to have to pay $100 worth of gas to get this thing that is only reselling for, let's say, $20 and it's not really something that I find a lot of benefit in. So there's no point in even claiming that. If you've ever been in that situation, you know that it would be much easier if there was an easy way to have these multi-chain solutions. Some projects launch on Ethereum and then have their utility and their free airdrops on Polygon. However, installing Polygon onto a MetaMask wallet is not the easiest thing, especially when you're trying to fund it with the Matic token, because you can't just buy the Matic token on an exchange and send it to your MetaMask wallet, because It's a completely different token, actually. On the exchange, there is an Ethereum version, like a representation of those Matic tokens, but it's not the true Matic token, which is on the Polygon network. And I know just listening to that probably has your head scratching, like, what did he just say? If this is your first time hearing about Polygon and Matic and all that stuff, just delete that out of your memory and go on to the next thing, because it is not really that simple. But finding a simple solution for those things, such as that, is a billion-dollar idea. Or how about some of those tokens that are being generated in staking and what have you from different projects? I spent a lot of time speaking about the Bulls and Apes project, which has the meth token, which will be produced by the bull every single day that is sitting in the wallet. Well, the project outright said there will not be a liquidity pool as a way to swap this out into ETH, right? It is the community token that generates all the activity within the game and all the mechanisms that are being used within that community so a third party person now can set up a liquidity pool and if you're not familiar with what a liquidity pool is it is an amount of an easy to get highly desirable token such as ether which is available to swap out of this one that might not be as liquid such as the methane token A lot of projects have these these days. It's pretty easy to actually get your own token. So a lot of projects will have these tokens that are being generated by those NFTs as you're staking them or what have you. Then they'll offer all sorts of different things, ways that you can spend it. But let's say you don't want to spend it. You just want to get it back in ETH so you can possibly buy some more of those NFTs or so you could buy something else or maybe even take it off the exchange altogether and go pay your bills in real world. That requires a liquidity pool to get it out. If the project has not set that up, then it requires maybe a Uniswap or something of that nature, but those are just like the bigger ones. But like the small projects that have a small pool and not really a lot of people, well, that requires someone to set that up, a ways to swap back out. How about Discord, right? I can't think of very many people to quickly raise their hand and say, Yes, I absolutely love Discord. It's like pulling teeth, they're just there because they know that's where the activity, the announcements, and things are. But really, I can't think of anyone that is excited to just rush to Discord. So coming up with a better Discord, you'd be Web3's hero. How about the fact that a lot of things are going on that you don't even know about? Of course, in all of the Discord servers, then there's Twitter announcements, then there's emails, there's all sorts of things going on in multiple projects. Especially if you collect a lot of NFTs from a lot of projects, it is so hard to keep up with everything. So you're missing giveaways, you're missing announcements, you're missing airdrops, you're missing events and all sorts of things. And then at that point, it could be very discouraging that, man, I bought this NFT for however many dollars or ETH or WAX or SOL or whatever it is. And I'm not getting any benefit from it. I'm missing everything. Well, figuring out a better way to have these projects communicate with their audience or their holders, I should say, is greatly needed. So if you are a coder, developer, just thinking of all the stuff, well, how could you possibly do that? A better way of doing that? Because let's be honest, as I said before, not everyone loves Discord. There's countless holders that have never been onto the server for their project. They just rely on Twitter or They don't even care about what's going on in the project. All they care about is the data, what's going on in the charts. And let's say the trading volume actually stops, and they're trying to figure out, well, what's going on? Well, that's usually when they start to look and see what's going on in Discord, Twitter, and so forth. Let's say a big contest was announced, and all of a sudden, everyone just delists everything. Everything comes off of the market. And if you're someone who is trading based on just pure activity, well, there is no way to necessarily know that that took place. Unless you're paying attention to all the different channels. For example, I could think of the other day, Tribe X had this thing, which uh, the the McCourty Twins, who are professional football players, were giving away signed jerseys of it. And all of a sudden, all these ones that were on the floor, way, 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 way below the mint price, all of a sudden were delisted and the price shot through the roof. Well, why is that? Because a lot of people wanted a chance to win those signed jerseys, so they took everything off. Unless you're following the page, following up with the accounts and all of that, you would know that. You're looking at the data and all you could tell is, well, the floor just shot up. And you might think that the project is ready to go to the moon, so you start to buy up the new floor without knowing that the reason why the floor has gone up so much is because everyone that's paying attention delisted their things hoping that they win. And of course, after that drawing, everything goes back on, the floor goes back down, and the data does not tell you that. How bad for the people that just don't even like Twitter? So many people, the only reason why they're on Twitter is... Basically, the same thing as Discord. The only reason why they're there is because of these NFT projects. So, let's say someone is really a fan of Instagram or one of the other ones, or just doesn't even like social media altogether. Maybe they use WhatsApp, they use text messages or something. Building some sort of API, or I should say, some sort of bridge between Twitter and whatever their preference is could be very helpful to get them that information from the sources that they want to get it from without having to be active on a platform that they don't like using. So I'm pretty sure if you spent more than a month in the space, at least one of these things that I just mentioned has definitely striked a chord with you. And just think about it. I just went through just a list of just a few And I touch something that you find frustrating with. So if you find it frustrating, I found it frustrating because everything I've listed here are things that I've battled with that I necessarily didn't like or whatever it might be. Even this podcast, launching this is because it was my frustration and not being able to find this type of content in particular. So I decided to just create it. And what it all comes down to is solving problems, especially things that people are willing to pay to solve Those are the ones that are really going to make the money. And I can even think of just before this mint came through, well, I could go the traditional route, funding it through my exchange, knowing that there's going to be a 10-day hold or whatever it might be. But instead of doing that, I ended up using my debit card through the exchange and a third-party service called Banksa. And yeah, sure, it cost me an extra 3% in order to do that. However, I was able to instantly get it, fund the wallet, and good to go. There was no 10-day hold. So things like that is well worth it. Was I willing to pay 3% more? Because yes, I know that if I had missed out on the mint and it goes on to the secondary market, I'm gonna to have to pay more than 3% anyways. So some people might say that's absolutely ridiculous, a 3% charge, but I just knew that the thing was gonna take off. And as it is right now, it's closer to 100% up, not just 3% up. So it was absolutely worth that 3% to me. So there's so many solutions to problems that people are having, and yes, they are willing to pay for it. So hopefully you found this interesting, you found some solutions or some ideas, maybe some ideas popped into your head and you just can start building. And hey, if I did give you a billion dollar idea, all I ask in return is for a like or a rating and a review on whatever podcast app that you're listening to, whether that is Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, anyone that you like. I greatly appreciate it and thank you for listening to this stuff as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until the next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.